Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book step study. My name is Jen A., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2021, and it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled Working with Others. We're on page 100, the second paragraph down, and it begins with when working with a man and his family. We're reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers on Team Friday, 12 Steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Bay L, our readers of the text are Katie G, Elena C, and Lisa B. Our newcomer greeter is Nancy C, and the second hour moderator is Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, November 17, 2021, are 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 18,098-18098. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 18,100, so that's 18100. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So what's our sole purpose? OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P checking in from New York City. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. I will now ask Faye L. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Faye. Thank you. Good morning. Faye L., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York City. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I hope everyone has a beautiful day. Thanks so much, Tenzin P. and Faye L. for doing service this morning. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absent requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the chapter Working with Others in the Big Book on page 100, the second paragraph down. I will now ask Katie G to begin reading. Good morning, Jen. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Thanks for taking the meeting. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. You may spoil a chance of, of your chance of being helpful if you do, but urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember, when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. So I've never had the privilege of working with a man's family, um, but I do think it's important for me always to remember the traditions um, in regards to people's family and quarrels. Um, when I first came into the rooms, um, a group of well-meaning Women told me they didn't um, hate my mother. They just thought she lived in sin. And when we bring in outside issues, when we quarrel with a man's family, um, that that was uh, life-threatening for me. Um, I've continued to use the traditions um, when sponsoring. You know, my job as a sponsor is to just put someone's hand in God's. So there are lots of contentious issues um, that have nothing to do with AA um, and OA. You know, the politics, COVID, vaccines, they do not have a place here. And so when I'm working with a gal or a friend um, on, on resentments and jealousy and whatnot, I, I stay out of it. My job is to put their hand in God's and do the resentment work. I love the reminder too that I'm a sick man um, and that I have to remember that I've made my family sick. You know, years of me eating and not eating and starving and not starving and then being abstinent and being held to live with, you know, I I have created issues for them. And you know, it, it's a helpful reminder that my defects of character and perhaps other people's defects of character won't disappear overnight, that I have entered into a period of growth. and. And I think that this is such a hopeful statement, the blessed fact of, of my abstinence, of my sobriety. You know, like I get so caught up in, you know, the advanced work of the steps and, oh, yeah, I'm abstinent, whatever. But holy smokes, I'm 43 today. I'm abstinent. Thank you, God. I've been in the rooms of OA for 15 years. I've had back-to-back -back abstinence from a relapse for six. I'm living on borrowed time. You know, like I can get so caught up in the defects of character, but I'll tell you what, the, the most important thing I've learned is to compare myself with myself. And I can tell you that my fears and my anger and my disturbances have decreased with frequency, intensity, and duration. And, you know, we have um, a holiday coming up that's amateur day for most eaters, and it's Thursday for all of us. And this Sunday, we get to come together and talk about our gratitude. And I, I for one, don't want to forget the blessed fact of my abstinence, because my entire relationship with God is nothing if I don't have my, my abstinence, which starts by getting honest with the doc op and all of you and continuing. So I'm, I'm really blessed to have this message today, to be with all of you, to have my seat in OA. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Jen.
Thanks, Katie, for getting us started this morning. So we value everyone's experience on the line. We do ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Sandy. Linda G. Sandy. Linda. Emily D. Emily. Sam S. Sam. Loretta H. Loretta. I got you five ladies. Anyone else? Rita. Rita Q. Terry Jean B. Thank you. And was it Terry Jean? Yeah, Carrie Jean B. Oh, Carrie Jean. Thanks for saying that again. All right, let's stop there. That looks like a great start. Um, we have seven of you lined up. We have Sandy S, Linda D, Emily D. Sam S, Loretta H, Rita Q, and Carrie Jean B. Great. So we'll start off with Sandy S. Good morning to you, Sandy. Thank you. Hi, Sandy S from Recovered from Asheville, North Carolina. I have not shared in, in quite a while, and um, that's a good thing, actually, because I'm really working on trusting my intuitive self, which is like the higher power within. And what I loved, what really stood out to me in the reading and in what was shared by KDG was um, the period of growth, you know, to really see where I was and where I am now. And um, because one of, I don't even like to call them defects of character, um, I just call them early childhood wounds. You know, I, I feel like Bill was really a variant of um, addiction for me. And while there are things I identify with him, there are things that I absolutely don't. And one of them is defects of character. It's It's not a growing thing for me to say I have defects of character because one of the things that really is at the root of the compulsive eating was just self-hate. I felt so defective. And to say that I have defects of character, just really, just for me, you know, kind of deepens that. Yeah, there are a lot of sick things I have done. And one of the sickest is focusing on what's wrong with me. I mean, that's like my favorite activity. That's my go-to. What's wrong with Sandy? Definitely that involves self-absorption. I want to say what's right with me. And the biggest thing that's right with me is that I am totally dedicated to my recovery and my deep recovery. It starts with abstinence, but the deepest recovery for me, and I'm very different from most people in OA, but there are a little group like me, is I have entire, entire willingness to do whatever it takes. And this is going to sound crazy, but for new neural pathways, neural, N-E-U-R-A-L, to develop in my brain so that I can really enjoy my life. And when I'm enjoying my life, I have so much to give to others. And it's really hard. Just for today, not only will I go to any lengths to be abstinent, I'll go to 
any lengths to connect with things I really love because that's where the healing is for me. That's where the growth is. That's where my higher power is. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. Up next, we have Linda D. followed by Emily D. Hey, Linda. Hey, Jen. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. I'm so grateful to be recovering, to be recovered and recovering. To me, this program is about um, exactly what was said by the first person, Katie. Um, It is comparing me with me. But it's in a kind light because of a higher power that is intuitive, that is within. I didn't know any of that. I know it now. And I didn't know how to work with people. And I've learned by listening very carefully to all of you people who have done um, the, for lack of a better term, the vision, quick way of going through uh, helping people and putting um, the person's hand in God's hand. Before that, I did it the hard way, and it was really hard because I took a lot of things personally. And of course, I mixed it up with people and their families. And you find out, and this is quicksand because it's a mess and I'm not a therapist. And you give a lot of love and you do end up being very drained, grateful you can love people, but very drained. I'm not a trained therapist. God is. So thank you, everybody, for um, teaching me not to go to such extraordinary lengths. I don't regret helping anybody, but it's much healthier for everybody to do it in a quick manner, and I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. Up next, we have Emily D. followed by Sam S. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Jen, and thank you for your service uh, on this amazing Friday morning. Hi, family. I'm Emily D., uh, recovered in Chicago. And uh, boy, do I like to get into the middle of a quarrel. Um, and <laughs> I, you know, it's been interesting. God, this program has taught me, I mean, things I just, I couldn't imagine, one of which is how to love and how to love freely versus uh, enticing people into my web, uh, holding hostages. And I think about the women I've sponsored in this program and the men that I'm friends with. And I think about, you know, when we have outreach calls and we talk about, Right after we're abstinent and after we do step four, like we're on our way, we're in process now. And there's so many different opportunities and relationships that are the gift that keeps on giving. And when people say, you know, I'm in it with my husband or I'm in it with my best friend, it's like, I I just, I participate only in the sense of like, do we need to work on that? You know, what's coming up for you? And I used to hate when my sponsor would ask me that, you know. What's, what's your side of the street? Um, but one of the things that I love about this paragraph, and it's been said a couple of times before, is that, you know, we're here for ourselves. And if I let my, in my writing this morning, it's like, man, I have grown. I'm also in discomfort. 
I mean, and welcome to growth. It turns out it's not going to feel like a slip and slide. Uh, it's going to be bumpy. Um, and you know what God does for me every day is gets me to show up anyway. There's so many things that I do now, and I'm uncomfortable the whole way through. And no one would know, right? I, it's, in, it's happening in the dressing room. It's not happening on the stage as either an actor and definitely not the director. And I think what's beautiful about this, 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 this program is, you know, our job pointing out these things won't disappear overnight. We walk hand in hand to witness our own growth, but to also point out what we see in others about how they've changed. And there's been many sponsees I've had where I'm like, man, you sound different this week. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. I'm hearing a lot of God here. So I can't know myself by myself is the point. Um, and I need to walk hand in hand so we can stay patient with ourselves and loving um, as we get to as we get to freedom one day at a time. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emily B. from Chicago. Up next is Sam S. followed by Loretta H. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for leading. Hi, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, I love the, um, just a reminder um, that I'm a sick person um, and that not only should, you know, people treat, when I first read it, I, I read people should treat me accordingly, but then I thought I need to treat other people. Like I need to be responsible of the fact that I am sick. You know, if I'm contagious um, and I'm infect infected with something that I know um could be spreadable. I don't run around breathing all over everybody. You know, it's not my time that I'm going to start kissing everybody and trying to love on them. And, you know, my, my version of, of that in, in recovery is that I'm not going to start running around and telling people how they should feel, think, treat me, treat others and believe them. And I mean, my experience has shown me that I can't do that with my own relationship. So trying to do that with somebody else that I'm I'm trying to work with, and I love that reminder. Putting, putting their hand in God's like that. That is not my. That's not my place in my space. Um, I have to be able to um, focus on, on my recovery. My recovery. It, it never says in here, you should you should be the arbiter of somebody's um, relationships. It, it actually says quite the opposite. Um, and, and the other thing too is, um, you know, I don't have to tell my family about the blessed fact in my recovery. I I can be cognizant of it for myself. I mean, holy smokes, things, you know, little disagreements and big disagreements I used to have with my husband and, and others. You know, I used to run to the fridge. I'm, I'm not, it's not even in my uh, my mindset today. Thank you, God. Uh, that That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But I don't have to tell my family about my recovery. They don't have to understand, just like they don't have to understand my disease. But, you know, I was thinking of that analogy in a couple of paragraphs that before it said the tangible results. And I just thought, like, um, the delivery guy, we have a, a new house down our road. And so every day he was delivering a package for the neighbor to my house. And so that became the norm. And then what ended up happening was after a while, um, the deliveries started going to the appropriate place. But the first couple of days, it felt like a fluke. It wasn't until I got to see kind of consistent change that I, I realized, oh, okay, now, you know, now things are moving along the way that they're supposed to. My recovery has to be the same way. My family has to 
see the tangible results. I can't just shout it from the rooftops. I mean, I can to my spiritual fellows, but my family's seen a lot. They've seen a lot of the uh, damage going back and forth that I've done. So I need to really kind of walk the talk here and, um, and just um, keep my head low, keep my head low and keep chopping wood and carrying water and doing it today. Um, being led by God and by all of you. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Jen. Hey, thanks, Sam. Right on time. Okay, we have Loretta H. followed by Rita Q. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Jen the Jim. This is Loretta H. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. With God's grace and mercy, I am recovered today. And I want to thank everyone on the line who saves my life every day. This is Loretta H. And the when I you should warn against resentment and jealousy. I try, and I really do try, not to take anybody else's spiritual temperature but my own. And that's where I get in trouble all the time. You know, everybody else's inventory but my own. And usually I spot it, I got it. And it talks about, which I uh, read every morning, yes, there is a long period of reconciliation. We must take the lead. We ought to be... uh, um, we ought we ought to be down with the family and frankly analyze the past as now we are being more um, careful not to criticize them and that also means um, because love and tolerance is our code that I don't have any business being in anybody else's bedroom or any place the only business I have is in my own soul and heart and so and I've made that mistake in in sponsoring which has caused some rifts um, in relationships and it's none of my business as somebody else said it's um, I try to work on it's bringing the traditions it's bringing those ideal relationships into every affair and that means my sponsorship you know so that I don't create harm and so I am so fortunate today to have um, reminders about that, that ideal relationship. When I love and tolerance is my code, I want to do the um, tradition so that I can see God's face in everybody, whether it's my husband or a sponsee or uh, my sponsor. And so this is what I need to do is bring what I have into the discussion, experience, strength, and hope. I am not, I don't have anything else. And only, only do I need to take my own spiritual temperature because um, that's who God wants me to be and that's what God wants me to be. So with that, I pass. This is a wonderful paragraph. I love working with others. It's the gift that keeps on giving and it's priceless. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Okay, up next we have Rita Q, followed by Carrie Jean B. Good morning, Rita. Hold on, it's a long connection over the water. Rita, are you there? Press star one. Hi, can I be here? Yes, you can, my friend. Go right ahead. Oh, lovely. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks for your service. My name is Rita Keery. I'm Irish, living in Manchester in the UK. 
Yeah, this is a great paragraph, and I've written beside it. Funnily, from my notes, my big book is covered in notes, and it's just got love, tolerance, patience, and pause. I love that part where it says, show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. You know, I think it, it says about them, ask him to remember when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. I have this issue at the moment. I come from big numbers, and I've lost quite a, a lot of weight quite reasonably quickly and it's slowed up and I'm getting impatient and it's not my time it's not in God's time and I keep being reminded of that and that's why I'm really glad we read this today you know I have I'm it's this is a journey and it's a journey that will never ever ever end for me um unless I pick up obviously but you know it's a period of growth for all of us and I think well for for me in protect for me anyway and you know <clears throat> show my sponsees that I love giving them examples and seeing their horrified faces when I said, well, I've reacted in this way about certain things. You know, I can literally turn the smallest of things into the biggest drama you've ever seen. And uh, <clears throat> I think the only way that I can stop myself from doing that is to draw close to God and my higher power and use the pause, the prayer and use spiritual energy. And I have to do it so much. And, um, uh, this thing about participating in quarrels, you know, when I was younger, and particularly when I was in the food, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell all of you exactly what you need to do, not minding what I'm doing myself. You know, it, I was just, it was confusion, you know, that, that chaos. I was just a creator of confusion and chaos constantly in my own head and then in my own home and in my heart. And, you know, when I was feeding that with the addiction, you know, I was allowing the addiction to ravage over me. And I just... It's I'm so just it's really poignant for me this today, and um, you know, I think sometimes when somebody when I get impatient with somebody as well, I have to remember that this person's sick, and I always think of the sick man, man's prayer. But I am sick too, but I'm getting to, you know one day at a time. I have the tools and the traditions to show me the right way. I have a higher power I can draw on. I have a family all over the world in a way that are just incredible, and as long as I remember that I am an addict and I will be an addict to the day I die, then hopefully, you know, one day at a time, I will, I will remain sober by working this program and working with others for me is just giving service and, and working with other people is incredible. Watching somebody grow and open like a flower is just one of the most beautiful things. And to know that it's God doing it, not me, because he did it for me. And um, yeah, with that pass, I hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Rita Q from Manchester. All right, Carrie Jean B, you're going to be next. But before you start, let me just uh, tell others, if they just joined us on the line this morning, that we are on page 100 reading the second paragraph um, that begins with, when working with a man and his family, reading one paragraph only. So go ahead, Carrie Jean. Carrie Jean B, press star one. Hi, everyone. Um, so <laughs> I am smack in step one. So I read this, and I'm like, how can I be of help to anybody? Um, I've, I've been in OA for, for quite a while now, but I've just really had to learn the hard way. And um, a little over two weeks of absolute, actually not binging or going into sugar, which is just a miracle. And 
and um, I actually am getting courage to to reach out in this vision for you meeting. I'm I'm today I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put my name in your membership list. I, I signed up and got the passcode and whatever, and I still haven't gotten around to do it. But today I'm gonna do it. So Carrie Jean B from Minnesota. But when I read this paragraph, what it makes me think of is my own family. Um, and uh, you know, even when I was like dating, then um, you know, our love for food was one of the connecting things. And um, you know, and as I've raised my kids and I work full time and I've been like, I don't have time to do, you know, this meal prep and you know vegetables and all that and it's just it's so hard because now I have a 15 or a 16 year old son who's very much you know just it's a family disease so I read this and it just I read this and this is telling me how I act with my own family not participating in their quarrels don't make it dramatic you know stepping back instead of getting sucked in because um, I think that a big part of why I've had such a hard time in the last year and a half is we've got some really, really tough family things that we're facing, um, just even myself aside. And um, I've let resentment, um, you know, of my my loved one's struggles. I've let resentment hold. I've used that as an excuse to dive back into food. And um, I just absolutely... I am warned, I read this and <laughs> I am warned against resentment, um, jealousy. I've looked at other people that have what I've thought is the perfect family and thought, oh gosh, why can't, you know, my husband be like that or why can't, you know, just, oh, toxic, toxic. And it's shifting to gratitude has just made such a difference and and really truly taking advantage of the help that's here always. You know, the people that get me, the people that are there and support. And I'm just so, so grateful. And um, yes, I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to put my name out there. I announced as a visitor like way back in like May or April and was flooded with calls and overwhelmed. (laughs) It was amazing. And I don't know why I didn't stay in it the whole time, but I'm back. So thanks. And with that, I'll pass. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie Jean B. from Minnesota. We look forward to seeing your name on the member list and chatting with you. All right. So we value everyone's experience, and we ask that you do limit your share to every Thursday so that others might share their experience, too. Who would like to share on page 100, second paragraph? I think it's Elena. Yes. Melissa. And then Judith. So I got Elena, I think. Russ, Melissa, Judith, who else? Elena, Russ, Melissa, Judith, and anyone else? Star one? Toby K. Toby, thanks. Susan C. All right. And Susan, let's stop there. Thanks, Susan. Okay, that completes our second section lineup. We have, I believe it's Elena, Russ M, Melissa W, Judith, you'll give me the first initial of your last name when you come up, Toby K, and Susan C. Elena, is that you? 
Yes, good morning. <clears throat> May I be heard? Yes, you can. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, so um, it's a powerful paragraph. A lot of jewels here, a lot of tips for recovery for me. And the first sentence, when working with a man and his family, you should be take, not take participate in their quarrels. It's very Elenonic. Okay, so as a child of an alcoholic, I surely participated in everybody's um, discord, especially in those from my home of origin. And even later, you know, when I went, um, when I left my home and in my work um, environment, I participated in the quarrel and I gossiped and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that, that, that sentence is a very, very strong recovery in Elanon. And I think here as well, I'm so glad that it, it is in the big book. Um, and then, you know, the following paragraphs are talking about um, talking to the family as though, you know, like the addict is not him. It's the condition. And to this day, there's so little compassion towards people who have addiction. They're looked upon differently than those people who have cancer, you know, and they don't, they're not granted the same um the same understanding, the same compassion that they did not, we did not choose. I did not choose addiction. Addiction chose me. And um, I'm very, very grateful to to see that in the big book covers this, um, you know, to help the family. I have now worked with a family of an addict, of a compulsive overeater, but I certainly welcome the opportunity to, um, Yes, I do have to say that it's very, very hard. It depends on the layers and the severity of the addiction. It's very hard to be in a relationship with with somebody who has severe addiction. And the family has to be a saint. Lois was a saint to stay with Bill. You know, Lois, um, after Bill got sober, you know, totally believed that um, – he was going to turn around and she's going to get, get the relationship that she always wanted from him to discover that Bill got even more busy with, you know, working AA and working with other alcoholics. And that's when she, um, she said, well, I need to take care of myself and I need to turn to my higher power because Bill was her higher power. So um, I am very, this, Paragraph is both um, BB, a big book, uh, both Elanon, and I'm very gr- glad to hear this, that, you know, alcoholics themselves understood that what they do to their families, and with that, I will pass. Thanks so much, Elena C. Up next, we have Russ M., followed by Melissa W. Good morning, brother. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, everybody. Russ Sam, recover compulsive overeater in PA. So let me let me brag on my on my sponsor right quick. Um, you know, a lot of quarrels, had a lot of ton of issues, right? Like everybody else coming in, especially with my my relationship with my wife, my children. He never once messed 
with that. You know, I'd be like, yo, Craig, you know, this is it. Mind your business and recover. But that is my business. Actually, it's not your business. You need to recover. You need to show them by your actions. You know, they'll see it if you hang in there long enough. And then maybe, you know, she might leave you. Or, you know, you might have real long-term issues with your kids. This is a process. So he taught me that uh, with with the, um, with my sponsees not to get into into the mess. You just got to be there. And one, I have to recover as a, resp- uh, uh, as a sponsor. And two, I have to show by my actions, one, to my loved ones, right, that I'm changing. But it, it can't be forced. It's going to take time, and I have to – live this life so it becomes second nature and two not not to uh you know i have I have to recover in front of my sponsees so it's it's, it's an it's an example i know it's you know probably uh simpleton way of thinking of it, but that's how i do it like i can't get into your messes i don't expect you to help me uh, want me to be in your mess you know all we can do is recover you know and the chips are going to fall with the, where the, where they may and um, living a spiritual life, it always works out for the best. That's that's what I feel. As much as uh, um, sometimes it uh, it doesn't feel so good, but it's worth it. Y'all have a good day. Love you. Thank you. You too, Russ M. From Philly. Up next is Melissa W. Followed by Judith. Good morning, Melissa. morning. Thanks for taking the meeting, <laughs> Hi, sorry. Um, Melissa W. Uh, recovered in New York. I'm definitely grateful that it says in the previous paragraph, spiritual progress, because I'm very much living in spiritual progress and not spiritual perfection. And I have to admit that I have participated, you know, at times, and I think not a lot, but I don't know, in others' family quarrels and, you know, to a lesser extent and not overt, but in recovery. And when it happens and the reason why is because it triggers something in me, which, you know, it's that spiritual axiom. And, and you know, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. What I would just say is, like, it triggers some old resentment. And, like, and, like, you know, it's like that thing about like any sort of resentment will take me out. It'll just take me out. And so when that happens, number one, I have to look back and say, oh, who was that in, a, in, in Overeaters Anonymous? And like, maybe I owe them amends. But number two, like, if there is some old resentment, if there is something lingering, like, it doesn't matter if it was on my four steps. Oh, I did that. I work through that. But like there are some resentments that I have to work through multiple times and just like, and do it again. There's another 10 step. There's just another 10 step. And like, and number, and number two, like this paragraph is a really good reminder that like, I got to stay out of people's stuff. I got to stay out of people's stuff because I, you know, if it does like, It'll kill me. I cannot afford this. And so um, I'm so grateful for the way that this book reminds me in so many different ways that, like, you know, resentment 
really like, what is that? It's just fear. It's just fear. And so thank you so much. And thanks to everyone on this line for just reminding me of like, um, of how I need to live today just to stay recovered and to have a relationship with a God that ultimately is um is the way that I have a new way of life. So thanks, thanks everyone online. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Melissa W from New York. Next up is Judith, followed by Toby K. Hey Judith. Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hi, this is Judith S P in Maryland. Thank you, Jen. Thank you everybody for your shares. And thank you, my higher power, for another day of being recovered from compulsive and obsessive uh, overeating. Um, I appreciate all the shares, so I'm not going to repeat them, even though in my own words they might come out differently. But when I read the uh, first line, when working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. The word boundaries... came up for me and uh, in my experiences and in my work spiritually boundaries are are flexible they're not necessary for me fluid but they're flexible they're not brick walls so they can change over time and the quarrels is none of my business as has been discussed but there are quarrels between people and there are also excuse me quarrels Uh, in people's heads. You don't necessarily, or I don't have to necessarily be in the presence of somebody else to have a quarrel with them. When I'm on the road and someone cuts me off, I'm already into a quarrel. How dare you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, family is also uh, something that uh, I have to be very gentle with. I am here to try and carry the message. I'm not here to give the message and push it down anybody's throat. I do the best I can, and I want to practice this in all my affairs. So if I stay on my side of the street and I work and I share with my sponsee what I have experienced as my maintenance daily of abstinence and strengthening my spiritual fitness, That's what God wants me to do. He doesn't want me to live in resentment or jealousy or cheer someone on to feel right about an issue with somebody else. So this program is suggestive. It's telling me what they believe has worked for them. I don't need to or want to get into um, this is right, that's wrong. If I have my boundaries, if I ask God to lead me, In his light, I'll carry that lantern. But I am only here to serve God. And as someone beautifully said, help my sponsee put their hand in their higher power's hand. So um, this is growth. And we have to remember, I have to remember to stop and pause and look at my growth. Look at my sponsee's growth. Look at the slow, progressive growth in family relationships. So for all this, I am blessed that this paragraph is reminding me boundaries are for me. They're to keep me safe, to keep me in my program. It's not to keep other people out, but it is helping me stay on my side of the street, which is one of the greatest gifts that this program has given me. 
So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Judith S.P. from Maryland. Up next is Toby K. followed by Susan C. Hey, Toby. Um, hi, this is Toby K. Could you hear me okay? I can. Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, so this is Toby K. Um, from New York and um, right now in Florida uh, for um, a few days. And um, I was um, at a wedding this week, and um, I wasn't invited to the whole celebration, only to the um, the, the beginning, the ceremony part. And I felt um, such resentment. I didn't know why um, I wasn't invited. It's a relative. Well, it's my husband's side, but still, <laughs> I have a relationship with them. And um, I kept um, putting all these resentments on myself. Maybe I'm not hospitable. Maybe I'm not friendly. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then somebody pointed out to me, you know, um, people are human. They make mistakes. Um, and then she did say, come for the whole wedding. So it was like, um, you know, a, a back, uh, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't like, a, it was pleasant, but it wasn't like, uh, I, I wasn't like first, like the first thing, like afterthought. I was like an afterthought. So, um, but anyway, I did attend the whole wedding and um, I did have that resentment. And I know I see um, through this paragraph, like, don't, don't get into things. Um, they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I just have to work on myself, clean up my side of the street and pray for that person if I do feel a resentment. Um, so I, I want to thank uh, this meeting um, for for getting, trying to get me back to um, a reasonable amount of sanity. And uh, thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Toby Kay. Up next, we have Susan C. Good morning, Susan. Where are you calling in from? Hi, this is Susan. Hi, Susan. Are you Susan C.? Yes, Susan C. from Pennsylvania. Awesome. Go right ahead. Yeah, this is a great paragraph, and it just reminds me, like, to have um, bigger ears, smaller mouth, and um, have that pause, you know, when somebody is speaking, just listen, you know, and I, that's what the meetings are about. We're listening, we're not getting involved. We're not giving suggestions. Somebody's listening to what we're saying. And um, it, re it really works, you know, it really works. And, you know, like with my I've married kids, and in the beginning when they got married, I said, listen, you can't talk to me about your spouses because I get angry and then the next day you're fine with them, <laughs> you know? So please don't tell me about your spouses and that works for me. And um, again, it's that pause of listening to somebody and um, asking higher power, you know, to, 
to like, okay, what do I say here? What do I do? And sometimes people, you know, even just asking, um, do you want feedback? Or do you want me to just listen? You know, and so that's a, you know, that's a boundary. And um, it's, it's great, you know, because then again, there's that connection with the higher power, the space to come in, um, you know, for all of us when that happens, whoever is involved. And um, it feels good, you know, it really, it really does feel good. And then, you know, praying for the other person too, persons or people, just praying, you know, what's the right thought, what's the right action here? Um, yeah, so again, it's a different way of life for sure. And I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Susan C. All right, uh, we have two minutes. Anyone? This is Larry. I'm happy to jump in. Go ahead, Larry. Oh, thanks, generally. Appreciate it. Uh, Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsible Reader. You know, when I read this paragraph, I, and I love the shares, thank you to everybody. When I read this paragraph, you know, there, there's, some, there's something in us that we want to play the sort of the armchair therapist <laughs> with other people. And when I do that, I have to guard against that because when I do that, when I, when I begin to analyze other people's situations, get involved in their quarrels, begin to advise them on how to deal with these things. A couple things happen. One, one of the things that happens is that feeds my ego. That's never a good thing. The other thing is, is that I begin to build a crutch. If there should be a crutch at all, it should be the crutch between that person and their higher power. That, that's a good kind of crutch. If I'm establishing a crutch between you and me, you know, we, want, we certainly want, want to be on friendly terms. I certainly want to hold this lantern and sort of, sort of guide people through the steps. But as soon as I become your therapist, um, you know, then you're going to be placing your trust and reliance on me rather than where your trust and reliance should be placed upon your higher power. And so what I try to do is I really try, there's an artistry with this. You try, as we practice this, we try to get better and, and stick to the book and stick to the instructions and, and really stay out of quarrels. Um, you know, I think that's, that's a better thing. The last I'll say is I remember being at a convention one time and someone, a sponsee, brought their spouse <laughs> and their whole, the whole idea was to, to say, seemingly to try to convince me of how horrible their spouse was and, you know, the, like looking for like a, like a therapy session. And boy, oh boy, do I learn to stay out of those scrapes. This is a spiritual program of action to be brought into alignment with God. With that, I pass. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Larry Kay from Chicago. All right, folks, we did it. Thanks to everyone who shared. Thanks for everyone for showing up. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. So are you ready? Here's the share ID for today. Get out your pen and paper. For Friday, November 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, today's share ID is 18,108. That's 18108. So we will now close with a reading from the big book. It's located on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elena C. please read 
a vision for you, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, everyone. Oh. My name is Elena C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely hit some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.